Episode 4, The Power of a Supportive Spouse. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number four of the John Becker Show. I'm John and I'm excited to be with you today. I am going to talk about the most important person in my world today, my best friend for almost 40 years, the mother of my eight children, my amazing, fantastic wife, Kate. In fact, we are the original John and Kate plus eight. We're the still happily married John and Kate plus eight, And I would not have the level of success that I've achieved if not for the amazing woman who for some reason said yes when I asked her to marry me those many years ago. Today's quote of the week comes to us from the actor Ken Jeong. You may not recognize the name Ken Jeong, but I am sure you would recognize his face if you watch television or if you see a lot of movies. He is a Korean-American actor and comedian. He's best known for his role as Ben Chang in the TV show Community. He's a doctor, an actual licensed medical doctor, as well as a comedian. Really interesting guy. And he said, I'm very blessed that I have such a supportive wife who is secure with letting me embarrass myself. I can really relate to that comment. My wife, Katie, actually had to grow to become secure with letting me embarrass myself. She's always been kind of uncomfortable being in the center of attention. And of course, I thrive when I'm in the center of attention. It's one of the perks of being a public speaker. So marrying me means that she is often close by when I do or say something embarrassing or if I'm just generally the center of attention. I'm reminded of an event that happened many years ago. It was the day after prom, my senior prom. Katie and I had gone the night before. And the next day we went to Chicago with a group of our friends. And we were just walking down State Street. The guys kind of hanging out and chatting with one another and the girls uh, doing the same. And all of a sudden I saw a tree growing out of the sidewalk up ahead. And I decided to climb the tree, hang from it like a monkey, and make monkey noises. Of course, the guys thought it was hilarious, and they were laughing, and even some of the girls kind of chuckled a little bit. But I found out later that Katie was not amused. She didn't think it was funny at all. In fact, she was rather embarrassed. And of course, the reason she was embarrassed is because she was sucked into the center of attention by just being part of my world. And that kind of bugged her a little bit. In fact, some of those silly behaviors that I used to exhibit when I was in my teens and early 20s really made her uncomfortable and probably contributed to uh, the first time that she and I broke up. So yeah, my wife has had to become secure with letting me embarrass myself. She's also had to become secure with herself knowing that just because I'm acting silly or being foolish doesn't necessarily mean that it reflects on her. Now, as I said, today's topic is the power of a supportive spouse. And 
I really enjoyed reflecting back over the years of my marriage to my wonderful wife, Kate, and the many ways that she has been supportive of me in the many different things that I have tried to do, some of which have succeeded and some of which have failed spectacularly. She's always been very supportive, and I didn't realize it at the time, but her support for me actually started when we were dating and talking about getting married. Now, some of you know this story, and I'll go into my my uh, academic backstory uh, in another episode, but I was kicked out of college when I was 19 years old, and I spent about a year just kind of bumming around, delivering pizzas at night, playing video games during the day, and for some reason this didn't really uh, demonstrate to Kate the kind of lifestyle that she was hoping for in a potential husband. We'd been talking about marriage, but uh, one day she sat me down and she said, look, I don't care what you do with your life, but you have to do something. I love you, but I don't want to marry a bum. And yes, folks, she did call me a bum. That is the actual word that she used. She gets a little embarrassed nowadays when I tell that story. I think maybe she feels a little, um, I don't know if sheepish is the right word, but sometimes the fact that she called her boyfriend slash potential husband a bum, I think bothers her a little bit. But here's the thing. It was one of the defining moments of my life. My life would be radically different if she had not taken that step and called me out for basically just being a slacker. And she wanted to get married. I wanted to get married, but she didn't think I was headed in a direction that was going to lend itself to uh, a very responsible adult life. So she did call me a bum. And uh, you can read more about that story if you want to in my book, The Flunked Out Professor. And of course, that's available over at our website, www.johnrbecker.com. But here's the thing. At the age of 19, Katie told me she didn't want to marry a bum, and I didn't realize it at the time, but that was one of the first things she ever did to support me. Now, we never want to be called out by the person we love for being a screw-up, but the reality was that she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. She knew that I was capable of more. She wanted to be part of that, but she wasn't going to wait around if I wasn't going to do anything to try and improve. So in that moment, she was only 19 years old, as was I. She supported me by calling me out for being a slacker. And like I said, that changed my life. After I got back into college and uh, began pursuing a degree in education, we got married. And we actually had to finish my senior year of college during our first year of marriage. And so while I was a student going to IU Northwest and taking classes and doing my student teaching, she was working full-time for an accounting firm to support us so that I could finally graduate and get a teaching job. Just another of the many ways that my incredibly supportive spouse supported me and supported our family during our early marriage. I'm so grateful for that as I got to reflect back over the wonderful wonderful things that uh, she has done throughout our lives to support us and to support me specifically, I really just fell more in love with my wife all over again. I know that sounds sappy, but um, when you're married to your best friend and you can really see the things that she has done to uh, elevate my interests and support me, uh, I'm, I'm really a lucky guy. But anyway, 
early in our marriage, being a school teacher, I wasn't making a lot of money. And of course, uh, we had some kids coming along. You don't get eight kids unless you start having them early and often. And so I decided that I wanted to try to launch a business. And so a couple of years into our marriage, I decided that I wanted to revisit one of my childhood hobbies. I collected baseball cards when I was a kid. And I decided that I wanted to try and sell baseball cards and other sports memorabilia. And she supported that effort. I don't think she believed that there was much money in it, but she was supportive of me opening a business, getting a tax ID number, forming an official LLC where I would, uh, you know, go to baseball card conventions and other sports collectors conventions and things like that and try to sell sports memorabilia. And I look back at that. That was my first real foray into a business after we were married. And candidly, it was not a success. I think I'm being kind when I say that. But if I were to go back and revisit the tax returns from those few years when I was trying to sell baseball and football cards and um, things like that, I would say that I probably lost money over that period of time. But she was supportive of my efforts, and she never put me down or was critical when things I was trying weren't working. A few years later, I decided to take that entrepreneurial interest and turn it into another direction. And I started selling science fiction memorabilia. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I, I have to tell you that the years that I sold science fiction memorabilia, autographs and, and collectibles and things like that, those were some of the most enjoyable years of my early business life. I probably broke even in that endeavor, but let me tell you what that was like. I was in business with a friend and he and I would, every three or four weekends or so, we would drive to various Star Trek conventions and we would set up a booth and we would sell autographed pictures and figurines and collectible trading cards and things like that. And I know some people out there who are thinking, oh, my gosh, that doesn't sound like uh, very much of a money-making endeavor. And in hindsight, like I said, I probably broke even on it, but it was so fun. And the reason it was so fun is because we got to meet all of these celebrities from shows like Star Trek and Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica and Babylon 5. We got to meet these celebrities and we got to shake their hands and get pictures with them. We got to collect autographs from them that we would later sell to other people for a considerable amount of money. In fact, I remember one convention that we did in Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn is right outside Detroit. And we had a display booth with dozens and dozens of autographed photos. And this guy came up to us and he was dressed like Mr. Spock from the original Star Trek series. If you know anything about Star Trek, he was wearing the the blue old 1960s Star Trek uniform. He had pointy ears and he had done his eyebrows and he, he was wearing glasses, which was also very humorous and really added to the, uh, the entire ensemble, if you will. And he walks up to us in our booth, so typically nerdy, we could hardly keep ourselves from laughing. 
And he just started pointing at pictures and he wanted us to pull these pictures down because he was interested in buying them. And the more pictures I pulled down off the shelves, the more I thought, this guy's not going to buy all this. This has got to be a couple hundred bucks. So I ended up pulling down 12 to 15 autographed photos we had of lots of different people like Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner and Avery Brooks from Deep Space Nine and Catherine Janeway, actually Kate Mulgrew, who played Catherine Janeway on Star Trek Voyager, just all these pictures. And I started totaling them up. And as the dollar value grew, my sense that he was going to spend any money continued to sink. And I added all of that up and I said, well, it comes to about 450 bucks. I said, I'll tell you what, if you want them all, I'll give them to you for $400. And I was prepared to turn around and start putting them back on the shelf when he pulled out his wallet, pulled out a wad of cash, and peeled off four $100 bills and handed it to me for those pictures. And I realized in that moment that this was his social event. This was how he had fun. This was what he did. And he didn't have a problem. I probably could have gotten the whole 450 bucks from him if I hadn't given him a deal. But anyway, we got to meet some really incredible, awesome actors, celebrities from all of these science fiction shows. My friend Dave and I, we met the actors from Star Wars who were inside the Darth Vader costume, Boba Fett, C-3PO, R2-D2, all of those guys. It was just a blast. And the thing is, Kate was very supportive of me in that science fiction adventure. In fact, she even went to some conventions with us and got to meet some of those celebrities as well. So that was a lot of fun. But that business, uh, again, wasn't a big moneymaker. And so I kind of gave that up. And I basically turned my attention for a number of years to just teaching extra classes on the side. I was teaching high school at the time, and I began to teach night classes at the university before I got hired at Indiana University, where I now teach full-time. But recently, in the last year or so, she has been incredibly supportive of this venture that you're experiencing right now, as I have decided to launch a public speaking career. And that public speaking career involves launching a website, Many of you have gone over and checked that out, and I appreciate it. I have attended a number of different conferences and gone through a lot of different training scenarios with different coaches to develop a speaking career, to learn how to podcast, which, as you can tell, I'm still learning and having a ball, by the way. Absolutely love the, um, the ups and downs of trying to put my voice out there. If I listen to the podcast right after I record it, I tended to erase it. So I just put it out there, and I'm going to continue to get better. But let me tell you something. Not once has Kate ever told me, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Maybe you shouldn't do that. She wants me to pursue my dream. She wants to help me. She wants to be supportive of that. And let me tell you something, folks. If you've checked out my website, I say this completely uh, with full humility, because I did not design it, but I think I have a pretty awesome website. If you get over there and check it out, my friend Manny over at Crown Media Group designed my website. 
And he may be my friend, but that's what he does for a living. And it wasn't cheap to have him design a website for me. And when I suggested it to Kate, she said, go for it. Even after I told her what it was going to cost, she said, do it. You've heard me talk about the uh, Free the Dream conference coming up in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm not going to uh, do a big plug for that right now. But I want to tell you that attending conferences like that, attending seminars and training, they cost money. And when I went and talked to Kate about it and I said, well, I'm thinking that this is a way that I could pay for it. uh, She said, sure, do it. And... No sooner did I do that, no sooner did I ask her what she thought about uh, me attending the Free the Dream conference than a $500 speaking opportunity popped up for me that paid for nearly all of that conference. So I stepped out on faith, I had the support of my wife, and then God turned around and provided the money I needed to go to that conference. It's totally awesome. When I started writing my book, she was very supportive. She was always asking me, How's it going? She she read the book. She read and gave me feedback on it. <laughs> she even told me when she read that section of the book where I talk about the fact that she called me a bum, she said, yeah, I, I hate that part, but I know it's part of your story. So anyway, completely supportive of that. She's been supportive of me in my health concerns, my health pursuits. I haven't really put this out there, and I'll tell you about it. I'll talk about it in another podcast down the road. But a couple of years ago, I got bitten by a deer tick, and I have Lyme disease. And I went through a pretty rocky period about a year ago where I was so sick that it was very difficult to function. And she was just wonderful. She was my Florence Nightingale. She supported me. She took care of me through that real intense uh, time of sickness. And as I've been working very hard in the last year to lose weight and get healthy, she's been supportive of that. One of the things that happens when your weight fluctuates is that you need to buy new clothes. And many times throughout our marriage, as my weight has gone up, I've had to buy bigger clothes. But that's not the case anymore. And in the last three months, I've lost 50 pounds and I've had to buy some new clothes. And she's been encouraging of me. We have a budget. We have a family budget that we need to adhere to. But she said, well, we need to pull a little money out so that you can go and get some clothes. So she's been very supportive of that. Um, Going skydiving in a few weeks. You all know about that. And when I told her I wanted to do that, she thought that was awesome. And, of course, skydiving, there's, there's some costs associated with that. But she was supportive of it because she knows that it is a celebration of the health that I'm experiencing, of the weight loss that I have uh, achieved And so she has been very supportive of that. She doesn't want to skydive herself, and I respect that. She's not interested in jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. I asked her. She's going to go with and cheer me along. She has been my biggest cheerleader. But she will be cheering from the ground, looking up. And I'm okay with that. Now, I want to be clear about something here as I talk about my incredible supportive wife, She is in no way a yes woman. She doesn't give me a free pass to do anything and everything that I want to do. She doesn't say yes every time I ask her. In fact, here's a great example. You know, my new book uh, came out a few months ago, and it's available as an ebook, a hardback, and a paperback, but it's not available on audio yet. And I was thinking about hiring somebody to do the audio. And I went to her and I talked to her about it. And she said, well, I'm not sure that that's the best use of your money. 
and our money, not my money, it's our money. And she said, I'm not sure that's the best use of our money. And she suggested that maybe I would record it myself. And I thought to myself, well, why would I hire someone else to record my book? I have the equipment. I have all the audio equipment that I need in order to record an audiobook. The only reason I would hire someone else is because of the time factor involved. And I thought to myself, you know, if I paid someone else $1,000 to record my book, I wouldn't have, I would have time to do other stuff, but I wouldn't have that $1,000. And so I had to really evaluate what is my time worth? I had to look at how long would it take me to record that audiobook, divide that number of hours into 1,000, find out what the hourly rate was, and then say to myself, okay, would I rather keep that money in my pocket or would I rather give it to someone else? So she actually supported me by telling me not to record the audiobook through another outlet. And so that's on my bucket list. Bucket list is the wrong word. That is on my um, goal list for the fall. I am planning to record my audiobook. I hope to have it ready for release by Christmas or thereabouts. This is the first time I've put it out there publicly, so now I'm going to have to follow through on it. I just want to encourage everybody out there that um, getting your spouse or your partner or your significant other on your side is huge. And if you have trouble with that, I would investigate why. Believe me, our marriage is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We have our ups and our downs. But I know that the one person who always has my back and is always supporting me is my wonderful wife, Kate. Okay, as I wrap up this episode of The John Becker Show, uh, we are just 16 days from the Free the Dream Conference. Talked about it earlier uh, for one very important reason. I would not be where I am today without the mentorship of my friend Cliff Ravenscraft, who is the founder of the Free the Dream Conference. He helped me unlock my dreams, and I would love to see him help you unlock your dreams. So on September 13th, I am going to be in Franklin, Tennessee, and I am going to be eagerly learning and growing as I absorb amazing content from speakers like Ray Edwards, Giovanna Ellison, Jeff Goins, Aaron Walker, of course, Cliff Ravenscraft, and many, many more. And I'll probably record a podcast from the conference. I'll definitely be doing some live streaming, so you'll want to keep your eyes peeled on Facebook. And by the way, it's not too late if you want to register. I'd love to see you there, and I'll buy you lunch if you come on out. Just go to freethedream.live and reserve your ticket today. I'd love to see you in Franklin, Tennessee on September 13th. I'd also love to answer any questions or uh, hear any comments that you have. You can head over to our website at www.johnrbecker.com and connect with us there. Leave me a message. And if you ask a question, I'll answer it on the next podcast. So that wraps up this episode of The John Becker Show. I want to leave you with one thought to chew on for the next week. You're never too old to have a dream, chase a dream, or accomplish a dream. Years ago, when I weighed more than 350 pounds, I gave up on my dream of skydiving. I was more than 100 pounds over the weight limit, and I didn't believe that I would ever get to the point where I could achieve that dream. But in less than six weeks, I'm headed out to Skydive Chicago to do just that. So any dream in your life that you have put on the shelf for whatever reason, it's time for you to take it off that shelf, dust it off, 
and start to chase it again. Well, head on over to iTunes and give us a like and a subscribe so we can build our audience and help more people. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you have a great week.